0: love this podcast support this show through the acar supporter feature it's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment just hit the link in the show description to support now
1: come to you from underneath a peach blossom it's time for an episode of be awesome, find positivity throughout your life and work. Just like our mascot, Rooster, see the jerk.
0: Hello, Be Awesome listeners. You are listening to episode 41 of the Be Awesome podcast, and I am in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona, here. Going to catch a flight in about 30 minutes. But I had a, a small window that I could find a corner in a conference room to sit down with an old friend of almost three years, uh, Miss Jane Ray. Uh, the backstory, I guess I'll start to share a little bit if it's okay, and then we'll welcome Absolutely. you. Um, so uh, back in April of 2017, uh, my fiance Amy, uh, let me know that, uh, that she was pregnant, uh, which was an absolute surprise, something we didn't expect. And, uh, obviously couldn't tell anybody because she was only a month pregnant and, uh, baby on the brain happens to men, uh, not much as much as women, but somewhere, uh, along the lines, uh, about a week after that, I was supposed to be in Panama city beach, Florida for a event for dude solutions. Uh, one of the roles that I have is to, to, to go out and, and meet with people, but also to work with our partners, which one of them is a, a co-op purchasing group that represents 27 states. So I'm supposed to be in Panama City Beach for a Monday morning. I get a flight, uh, the last flight down on Sunday, which gets me in at about 11 p.m., and I get to the airport, and I ask uh, the rental car agent where the hotel is, and he said, I'm not familiar with that one. What's the address? And I said, oh, it's this address here in Panama City Beach, and he said, that's great. Uh, you're in Pensacola. So I flew to the wrong airport and had to drive, I don't know, 140 miles uh, after midnight to get down to this meeting. And I sit with all 27 states' representatives, and I sat with Jane, and met her for the first time. And she was just amazing. Uh, her um, confidence, her uh, focus, and her her plan was flawless. Yet she didn't have so much as a business card. And you literally got hired, like almost on like the way, yeah. on the way to the airport. Yep. Like you applied for the job. Yep. And they gave it to you, yeah. and I don't even know how you packed your suitcase. Really. Um, yeah, and I was just amazed at that whole thing, and I couldn't share with you why I flew into Pan- Pensacola opposed to Panama City because right. I had, I, but uh, i got to tell you, if there was somebody I could tell and wanted to tell knowing you in a minute, I wanted to tell you because I figured I could trust you with it, but, uh, uh, you know, that was one of those things. And then months later I, I shared with you, it was like, hey, I'm sorry if I was so out of it. You know, my fiancé just told me that we were having a baby or expecting a baby. Um, and, I, and I wasn't put together. But in those three years, I've gotten to follow along and keep in touch with you and learn from you. And just about everything you said back then, you've either met or exceeded. And so I want to have you on the podcast because I think that that's something that people should be reminded of is like, you got to have a plan. You got to have that focus. You, you, you got to believe in yourself and you have to have others that believe in you. So first of all, Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. That's the backstory of how we met. Uh, you live in Wisconsin.
1: I do. Uh,
0: we are in Arizona. You spent some time down here. I just found out this is your hometown. Um, but tell tell everybody a little bit about Jane Ray that I haven't, and whatever you want to put out there.
2: So I was a teacher when we still banged erasers, mm-hmm. and I got in trouble every day as a teacher. My principal would literally come out and say, "Miss Ray, can I talk to you in the hallway?" And I finally, mid-September of my seventh year. I said, I gotta go. And I had $3,000 and I jumped in a Jeep and I just I didn't have a job and I didn't have a plan. And back then we didn't even have cell phones. So I just literally jumped in a Jeep with $3,000 and said, here we go. And so I first went to um, Nashville and I got pneumonia. And my mom said to me when I called her that night from the hotel, turn back and come back home. And I said, nope, I'm pushing forward because I know I need to go forward. My end goal would have been Oregon. My girlfriends called me from Arizona. My mom relayed the message to me to call my girlfriend, and she said, they want you in Arizona. I pulled in Arizona on October the 4th. It was 104 degrees at 5 p.m. And we literally, I knew I was in love. So here I am, not a license, because I don't can't teach in Arizona yet didn't really know what I wanted to do and back then it was if you can't teach you sell Mm -hmm. and so I went into corporate training and corporate retail and was able to start teaching people on the long side of retail um, how to be a sense of urgency how to treat a customer and it was weird because I thought everybody knew that I thought everybody knew that everything you do should be with passion
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, and then all of a sudden it was wide open to me that it wasn't the same Um, I am a dreamer believer doer and I always have been since I was young now that I'm into my ending years of my career I still do that same thing and it's why when you said I had a plan it's not really it wasn't really a plan at the time that I met you it was a dream Mm -hmm. Um, so my late husband and I had made the decision that we were going to work the last 10 years of our career we were going to work somewhere that couldn't afford us that was the line that got both of us that when we made it that couldn't afford us and that we could give back to. Um, When I lost my husband, I said, you know, what if I never do that? So I had a fear factor in me. After the grief, after everything was over, I had a fear factor. So once again, I packed up three dogs, a 73-year-old woman, and I said, just leave everything right here in Arizona. Let's go see what happens on Route 66. And while I was driving down Route 66 in Tucumcari, New Mexico, there was a little job at the bottom of a monster page that said the YMCA of Metro Chicago needed a purchaser. So I called and they said, can you be here tomorrow? (laughs) And of course, I'm in New Mexico in a Jeep with three dogs and my mom. And I said, no. And they said, oh, well, we've got other candidates. And I said, you know what? The best fit for the job will come along. Well, two weeks down the road, they called me again and said, now can you come in? And I said, sure, no problem. Because I was only an hour away at that time. I go in, they hire me on the spot. I go home and I say, to my mom, who was in Central Indiana, I said, "So for the next six months, I'm going to commute from Kokomo, Indiana, to Chicago every day." Mm-hmm. And she was, and she said to me, "I don't know how you're going to do this." And I said, "Let's just." Get triple A and go right. Mm-hmm. So I went to the YMCA. How in, long
0: is Kokomo to Chicago?
2: Oh, three and a half, four hours. So I'd leave every each way. Yeah. So I'd leave somewhere around four, four thirty in the morning. You
0: time out, time out. <laughs> I'm learning, so I'm learning stuff Sir? here. So I, I'm going to have to time out <laughs> yep. on this one. So you spent seven to eight hours every day yeah. f- for six months yep. commuting for a purchaser job at the YMCA, mm-hmm. Chicago. They needed me. Go ahead. <laughs> okay.
2: So when my thing is when somebody needs you, that means it's endless, right? You just, you, I can't be mother Teresa cause I, I'm not. And at the same time they needed me. They were going, they were losing money and you can't have such an amazing organization and lose money. And so I went in and all I did was take all 28 facilities and tell them to stop spending money
1: mm-hmm.
2: and to ask and to do. And then all of a sudden it became, can we ask you a question? Sure. And then you help them, right? And so they would call me and, and I had one executive director call me and she said, Jane, if I have to repaint this wall one more time, I'm going to lose my mind or quit my job. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, let's go look at it. And so we would at it. I called the people at Kills, K-I-L-Z. And I said, I have a wall that we are repainting about three every three months because it looks so gross. They came out, painted the wall and it lasted. Yeah, that stuff's magical. It is. And yeah. at the same time, no one thought that pattern through, but mm-hmm. I had had to do it in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And so luckily I had that information. So once I finished getting their purchasing department in place and it was totally automated by a program, I said, I got to go. I hate Chicago. No offense, Chicagoans. It's <laughs> not that I don't. I love. <laughs> I, have, I have
0: at least one Chicago listener. so <laughs> I love <laughs> your
2: city to play in, but I just don't like working there. Yep. Um, driving up ashland every day because we lived in oakland driving up ashland every day the the sadness overwhelmed me every day the anger overwhelmed me every day and i saw everything from the worst of human nature to the best of human nature um and yet it just overwhelmed me and so i couldn't do it and so um I retired my mom when she was 55 years old. I said, I don't ever want you to work again. I want you to just have a life that you haven't had since you raised five kids. And so I said to her, I've dragged you this way. Now, what do you want to do? And she said, you know, I'd love to live on a farm. And I said, time out. Mm -hmm. I have known you for 50 years, Mm -hmm. and I have known where you grew up. I knew my grandparents, and none of that happened on a farm. And she said, well, when I was five, and I'm like, Mom, that doesn't even count. She's like, I just want to live on a farm. And I'm like, okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And she, my mom can guilt you into, like, literally and just be sweet about it. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let's go. So I found a sweet little red farmhouse, yep. brought her up and showed her. And she said, this is perfect. So I took this job that was called a purchasing coordinator. hmm and I didn't really know anything about it. And I didn't even know what the acronym stood for. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know very much about Wisconsin other than Wisconsin Dales. I get in there. And during my interview, they, I said to them, and you have to ask this question every time you do something. What was the worst day? Or what was the worst thing that could have happened?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They said to me yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? Why? And they said, well, we're $356,000 in debt. And the bank just turned down our loan. And I said, I'll take the job. Mm -hmm. And they said, you got to leave for Panama City right now. (laughs) And I took, I'm a packer. And so I I literally took a very small bag, not knowing how, I didn't even know how long I was going to be there. you got to
0: have your glasses. I had
2: to have my glasses. (laughs) Um, And so when we got there, I was overwhelmed. I didn't know anything, but I knew enough from my history and my career to ask the right questions or at least say to them, I'll be back. My dream at that point was still the same thing, to give back to something that could never afford me. And so, and it wasn't me, it was my skill set. It was my knowledge from working um, in the private sector for so long. I wanted to go back to the public sector where there's never any money. And so I just started. I started dreaming and I started thinking. And on that plane, I just kept thinking, if I could just spread my wings over Wisconsin and let them sit still for just long enough for me to say, let's see what we can do, it would Mm -hmm. be ideal. In education, that very rarely happens, where you can just literally say, I've got the money for everything. Well, as I'm sitting here, it was literally free money. Yep. If somebody would have just talked to somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was learning, is every time I talk to someone I learned, I'm i like you I learn a little bit about him Yeah. Mitchell is sitting here do you want to tell him who Mitchell is right now he's he's shaking oh. his head no his name's Mitchell Lilly he's in a, he will be he will be the podcast that comes well, down the road yeah. because he's amazing too yeah.
0: whether Mitchell wants to be a part of this or not he's a part of it
2: yeah he's here to protect his honor in case we talk about him
0: yes and he just got married just got married and uh Congratulations, Mitchell. Um, I'll segue for a second while we're on, Mitchell. Yeah, absolutely. So, Mitchell, for, for those of you that have listened to my podcast forever, you know that I've always said I'm not going to do advertising. I'm not going to pay for social media uh, um, visibility and all this stuff. And all of the – Mitchell, who is – how old are you? Am I allowed to ask that? You're 28. A young 28. And Mitchell is one of the brightest social media guys that I know and I talked to him last night and he said, you gotta boost your Facebook post. So I boosted. Right? I did some boosting. So we boosted last night and I got approval at like 3 o'clock. Thanks a lot Mark Zuckerberg, (laughs) 3am, approval of my boost and and so I got here this morning at 9am for our meeting and I went over to Mitchell and I said, you know what that boost got me? (laughs) Nothing. And he looked at me and smiled. I said, I had five more people look at my post than before. But uh, I think that the, the boost thing's going to work, and uh, having great people like Mitchell is, uh, is, is fantastic. So glad you're here. We're not going to pick on you too we're much. Not, but but we, we, do, we do appreciate you being here. And he's also doing crowd control. Because we are in a conference center and we're in the corner, um, he is closing the door. You'll hear music playing. There's another event down the hall that they're playing music. Uh, there's 106 people in the room next to us that are coming out for phone calls. And Mitchell is uh, single-handedly escorting them out the door as fast <laughs> as possible to keep the sound, to keep the sound as, as pristine and perfect as it can be. So,
2: And really, that's what we do together all the time. Mm-hmm. And so when, when I came in, Mitchell was just a kid. And I said to him, what do you really want to do? And he said, I want to own my own marketing agency someday. And I said, that's a good gig. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm too old, so let's see what you can do. And so we started talking and literally going from sitting in a corner, being slightly bored because there wasn't enough to work to do, mm-hmm. the minute I said to him, it's yours, yep. it's all yours, go, do whatever you want to do. We have, um, it's a way to grow by allowing other people and trusting them to be a part of your dream. Mm-hmm. Then. That's part of the belief, right? So I I didn't have any part of if he could really do it. But Mm -hmm. he had the same kind of passion that I did, just younger. And Mm -hmm. so I said, do it. Do whatever you want to do. Just promise me two things. And he said, yep. And I said, always, always remember that I'm going to give 100% and so are you. And two, don't ever stop believing. And he said, you got it. And and to me, that's how I operate everything. Um, And so... As we sit here, um, I dropped a bombshell three weeks ago, and I'm going to drop a bombshell on you because it's important for me to say this. As I sit before you, I have uterine cancer, and the only thing that I can tell you is, is that I had a reaction just the same way as everybody else does when I say it. And I didn't tell anybody because we needed some more information, and we needed to know what was going to happen. And, and we've worked through most of it. We'll work through the rest of it next week. But I told Mitchell, and this is the kind of belief you have to have, is I sent him a text message when he was four feet away from me, and I said, and we were in the middle of the meeting, and I said, hey, I have uterine cancer. Don't ask any questions. And he looked at me with this WTF look, and he said, and I said, that's it. We're fine. It's what they have doctors for. And I think that the biggest piece for me is is that it's teaching me a new level of believing and doing and and then putting on the backside dreaming because I have to trust everybody around me now. I have to so I have to trust everyone to understand that I, I am going to go rest. I am going to be out of work for about six weeks. I and I work every day, seven days a week. Right. 24 hours a day and I don't do it because I need the money or because I don't have a life. It's because I love what I do. There is no better reward than a art teacher calling you and going, Oh my God, I just got all of them. And I still have a budget. Mm -hmm. Or knowing that there were six incidences in Wisconsin for safety yesterday. And I've already started the ball rolling so that I can call the department of instruction and say, let me show you how much money we can save on metal detectors that are not obtrusive. And so, as I do this, the whole time I'm thinking in my mind, how I'm gonna keep doing this, how I'm gonna have my life, and how am I going to remain Jane without changing everything around me? Well, the way you do it, and Josh, you know this, you just believe, you just say, you say every day, be awesome, and I say every day, I believe, I do. I believe in Santa Claus. I believe that every snowflake is different. I, I did believe...
0: share the voicemail with Santa Claus. So you know, <laughs> yeah. you know. He's so real... I do know that yeah. Santa.
2: Yeah, Josh, Josh. just took that to the next <laughs> level. And you know, you you have to look at it and smile and go on and say, I believe. I believe you. I believe you. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden, it's okay. everything's going to be okay in the end and that's how we look at it and so as i drop this bomb on the people that love me because i've been trying to do it like one at a time yeah they all look at me like you just did their eyes get a little pink they try and fight something back they try to be brave and it's not a bravery i need you to have all i need you to do is keep being you because that created a world around me that is able to do what we did yesterday right of teach 106 people how important it is to be creative yeah and to protect protect their brand and to move forward. And to watch Mitchell do his first time of presenting in front of a crowd, that's so much more important than me sitting here looking at you and going, well, I, I am exhausted, I'm going to bed. I wasn't exhausted, I was watching this amazing thing transform for what's coming ahead. It's all part of the plan, right? So jokingly, anybody my age says I have eight years, I have 10 years, I have whatever. I have eight years, and I get to retire to a beach, and that's what I'm going to do. And when I do it, I get to turn it over to him, or I get to turn it over to the next person and walk away knowing that the best has been done. So in my life, and I would expect in your listeners' lives, I would expect no less than every day, know what your best is. If your best is literally just making a cup of coffee and a Keurig, and then the rest of the day is shit, sorry.
0: That's okay. I'll just put that there was a swear word in it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) Shocking. Shocking. (laughs) Um, But you know, then that's the best of your day. So don't. It's not a. It's not a bad day. Yeah. It's a different day. And I know I didn't take a little placebo this morning and say, "Oh, the sunshine." I. It's a day, and I don't know how to explain that to people when you say. I don't want to or I can't. They really don't want to and they really can't. So it's okay. Yeah. And as we begin to move into a world where men like Josh are saying, I just want everybody to know to be awesome. And if you're not awesome, stay out of my space. <laughs> That's not selfish. It's smart. It's not, um, there's no level of be awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's something that we resonated with both of us. Like the minute you showed us the shirt, we were like, we want in. (laughs) And so, and now, I am, we joked about me writing a thing called, what was it? Bean Jane? Bean Jane. Mm -hmm. Because I do everything just like this, right? I met my husband. I married him 18 weeks later, and I forgot to tell my folks. So I told my dad like five days before, meet me in Vegas, I'm getting married. Yep. And it wasn't because I didn't want my dad there. It was literally because, you know, we were working and we were happy and we were building a we built a swing. as In honor of our marriage, we built a swing. Yep. And we were busy. And so when we went to Vegas, we didn't think too much about it. It was hot and my yeah. shoes hurt my feet. So I got married barefooted by the high priestess Belinda yep. at the little white wedding chapel. Does it make it any different than... Uh, my sister had seven bridesmaids and, you know, spent $45,000 27 years ago. Mm-hmm. Nope. It was the same perfect wedding. So I don't know if that's what you thought about when you thought about Jane and being on your podcast, but.
0: You know, um, first of all, you, 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 did, you I got, know. You, you got me. I know. <laughs> um, and, and I, I just sit here and I go, you know the first time i met you and you told me your plan and you know the the, the quote was i don't even have a business card yep. and we said you know uh the business card isn't what makes you and and i said you got this and and i believed in it it yep. wasn't i don't just tell I everybody i don't just tell everybody you yeah. got this but but you got the i mean i i i just can't believe that you know you, you're the way you're handling and doing everything you, you obviously got this and i know that you're going to do everything to to prove whatever statistic or number wrong i've got i've had um one of my podcasts ron mcculley who's a dear friend of mine um you know doctors gave him five years and and he just celebrated his 10th um and he you know i remember we were at a we saw the red Sox play the chicago cubs for the first time in 100 years at fenway park and he had just gotten diagnosed and and uh one Of the folks that was with us said, Hey, can I ask Ron a couple questions? And he says, Yeah and went right over and said, So what, what's the doctor say? And Ron says, Well the doctor says anywhere between zero and twenty years, but me five you know, probably five. He says, But you know there's some somebody that screwed that whole thing up and just called it quits right out of the gate and messed the number up. So I'm gonna go for the, the far end of twenty and uh and, and it's a mindset. I, I believe a big part of it is a mindset. Um, and I know that you got it, and I'm 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 honored that you've shared it with me and shared it with the at you know, least dozens of listeners that well, i have and out of those dozens, uh, yeah. so
2: let's say that all 12 of them are men Yep. they now know right i'm 53 they now know in somewhere in their brain that if it ever happens to their loved one they can say i've got this yeah and and they can say to her you've got this yep. and that's what that's the wingspread that I always talk about is just let me fly and let me do what I know to do. Because if I can get through this, which I'm going to, I've already got plans for a trip next year. So I know I'm going to not just get better, but get stronger.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, then somebody can take that and go on. Just like you said, somebody, he said, I'm going to go for the latter end of 20. Well, I'm going for the latter end of forever. Yep. Right. I don't lose anything right out of the gate. Yep. Now I fall a lot. Yeah. I just want to make physically, mentally, and emotionally. I yeah. fall a lot, and at the same time, my rule for falling is, what's my rule? You laugh first. Laugh first, and then, and yeah. then ask. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, it makes it a bigger deal than it already was. Mm-hmm. And so, I. That's my piece, and that's how I am, and that's who I am. Is you laugh first, yep. right? send it in a text message and say, Hey, I've got uterine cancer. Because to me, it was kind of funny to watch him, his face go white, oh, yeah. you know? And at the same time, then, you, then, you know, right. Then the care comes mm-hmm. because there's been some people that I told and they literally turned around and they haven't contacted me since then.
0: Yeah. I think and, it's contagious.
2: Right. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I don't have leprosy. Yeah. And at the same time I tell everybody, stop looking at me like that. Because mm-hmm. the strength I'm going to give is to you. Mm hmm because I've built my strength for the last 53 years. I'm ready. Yep. We taught everybody here yesterday to be a warrior of something. Yeah. I love it. I love being a warrior. I love standing in the gap. I mm-hmm. think it's the most important thing in order to get other people's dreams off the ground to let me be the warrior and stand in the gap. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, this took a complete loop because I was (laughs) I I was going to talk about you know your straws and just your branding and a lot of this other stuff and this is just amazing. No, no, no. This is your your your. We can say it for
2: episode two. I just
0: yeah, but it's you know one of the things that I really um, love about this podcast. One, you know, some of the people that I have, I I barely know. Like Eddie Slokowski was a great one. I told you the four minute mile guy. Um, I only, I met him the night before in person and we had some dialogue, but you know, the background was like, it's a great, you know, it's a, would be a great podcast. And then there's people that I have a relationship with that I know some, what most would probably consider enough. Mm-hmm. And then I have them on the podcast and then I learn so much more. It's like everything that you think you're going to talk about just goes, just pushed aside for what really matters. And, you know, I've learned a lot about you and, you know, things that you're, you're you're challenged with right now and how you look at it. And it's amazing because there's so many people out there, you know, as I've done my talk that you guys have heard, you know, if you take the numbers and I'm not a statistician, but you know, we've got somewhere around 350 million people in in the United States today. And if you take, and I talk about cancer, I talk about opiate addiction. I talk about, um, you know, homelessness and all these things. If you calculate all those numbers as best as they have it, You know, one in three people is dealing with something really, really bad, traumatic, difficult, something they might not be able to handle. You're dealing with one or maybe more of those things, and you're still smiling. And you're still, you stood in front of that crowd of 106 people and made a difference in how they think about how they build their own personal brand for an hour plus. Um, That's just amazing. You know, um, one of the questions I want to ask you is, what do you attribute that to? Where Where does that come from? Did that, was there an aha moment? Was it there, your husband's yeah. passing that made you stronger? Was it before that?
2: So I've always been a strong, independent child, adult, everything. I was mm-hmm. your, My parents' worst nightmare, right? as smarter than they were is what they always said. And then, but I grew up with parents. I grew up a fat child. Mm-hmm. So in third grade, when Craig Williamson wouldn't kiss me, and said that I would never be no one would ever love me because I was fat. I went home and I said to my parents, Craig Williamson wouldn't kiss me because I'm fat. And my dad said, "That's okay. It's his loss. You're beautiful to us and that doesn't matter." 2 hours later, my brothers as we were walking into mall said, "Hey moose, no animals allowed. You stay out here." Jokingly, right? And I looked at him and I said the F word and I walked right into Sears and kept spending money. So where does my strength come from? It comes from all of the bad and all of the teasing, but it comes from the love that I've received mm-hmm. and it comes from the promises that were made, but it also comes from the promises that were broken. You know, I, I, everybody's been fired from a job, but mm-hmm. if you get fired from a job that you think that you're you know, gonna be at forever, mm-hmm. or if you leave a job and they just go peace out, And, you know, and you think, well, where's my party?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I, none of that mattered because I live, and I'm not a live in the moment person. I wish I could say I am, but I'm really not. I'm a worrier and I, I like to plan ahead sometimes. And, and at the same time, I think that the most important piece of it was when my husband died, um, I got a call that he had fallen and that he was in the hospital in a coma and they couldn't treat him because in Mexico you pay and then the doctor will work on the patient. Well, I'm in Phoenix and he's in Southern Mexico, and I took out my 401k, at that time it was about $15,000, took it out in cash, jumped in another Jeep because that was always our car, yep. and I drove through all of Fina, all of Arizona, through Juarez, Mexico in the middle of the night, not even thinking about what was going on there, and straight through and down by myself with $15,000 in my pocket. Mm-hmm. I got down there, No one spoke any English. I had money, they understood that. And then I learned again that in a tiny little town they have brownouts, and so I had to pay a little extra so that Gobby's room, that's my husband, would have um, a generator in it. So if anything happened, all of his machines kept going. Well, he stayed in his coma, medically induced, for six weeks, and so I had no phone. I didn't pack any books, I didn't think anything like that. I spoke no Spanish, so I was in my world and I, I laid on the floor, and above me is the love of my life. Mm-hmm. And I hear everything. I hear his how his head is squishing together. I hear his lungs. I hear his heart. And the whole time I'm sitting there and I'm laying there on this floor, I'm thinking, you better get up. You better get up. And then I, didn't, I realized I wasn't talking to him. I was talking to me. And that I had to start thinking, that I had to stop being... Um, so snarky, Because here comes another cuss word. I was a bitch at that. Up to that point, I was a business bitch, and I was everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and in my family, they literally know that I'm the queen, right? And so I'm laying there, and I said, you know what? The queen's got to get up. The king's dead, in theory. So I had to get up. So I ran across the street every day to the pharmacia and got the medicine that needed to go into his IVs. Um, still not speaking any English, but human Mm -hmm. The human nature of it all, all of a sudden, the lady at the pharmacy realized what was happening. And so I went in one day, and she had a Fanta grape soda and a chicken. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, comida, food. Mm -hmm. She wanted me to eat. And I'm like, what? And she was like, comida. And I said, gracias. And I took the chicken, and for the first time, I'd eaten a meal Mm -hmm. in about two and a half weeks. And then all of a sudden, the guard came to me like three days later, and they had a box full, already pre-cut everything. And in the bottom of the box was tinfoil and ice, and that's how they made a cooler. And they had made beans and rice, tortillas, chicken, carne asada, and they were like, comida. And I, I said, thank you. And then he said, two, he said, dos, and I said, yeah. He said, necesite ayuda. And I looked at him and he said, I need help. Necesite ayuda. And that's how I was taught that if I needed anything was Mm -hmm. that's how I was to say it. When I left there, my two girlfriends met me at the border. I had to leave Gabriel down there. He couldn't be moved. And so they met me at the border, and here's two young girls. They were about 20 years younger than I was. And they said, get in. We'll drive you the rest of the way home. I woke up back in Phoenix with my mom sitting in the car next to me, just waiting for me to wake up. And when I woke up, she said, hi. And I said, hi. And she goes, you don't have any dirty laundry. And I just looked at her and I went, um, no. And she said, okay. And that was it. There was no tears. She knew I needed a minute. Mm-hmm. So this incredible woman just walks inside with me. Like I haven't been gone for six weeks. Yep. And I haven't just walked away from the love of my life that will never be the same again. And we had him for about 18 months after that, but he was like a 10-year-old, so he knew when I sat next to him, he loved me, but he didn't, he wasn't in love with me. And so I had to adjust to that feeling also, right? To, so he
0: came out of the coma. He came out
2: of the coma. Um, we put a metal plate in his head, and he came out of the coma. And I had to, leave, I left him with a sister in a little town called Galicia and she would take care of him, and then he was about 10 years old, so we taught him how to ride a bike and go around and collect everybody's cans, and the man at the little mm-hmm. um, bodega would give him a Diet Coke for those cans. Mm-hmm. And so we he had what we would call a valuable life at the mm-hmm. end, but then he had a series of strokes in about 18 months, and um, we lost him to the initially to the injury. And through the whole thing, there was never time. Mm-hmm. There was never a time to stop. And so was I a hero? No. Was I a wife? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, and so everybody, when they hear the story, they're like, oh my God, that's so amazing. But you would do the same thing. Mm -hmm. You would do the same thing for your sons. You would do the same thing for your fiance. He said, Mitchell said to me today, he's ready to go home because he misses his wife. Mm -hmm. Those are the things we all do. And if you're not doing them, then just stop for a minute and realize that somebody's doing it for you. Mm -hmm. And that's how I get through all of this. That's where the strength came from is my brothers calling me a moose and my parents telling me I'm beautiful and God giving me the hardest task of my life and Mm -hmm. then letting me come through and be like I am now.
0: You're amazing. Thank you. I
2: mean, I'm not, st- I'm... You no, know, like- you, you are. I mean, I, you are.
0: You're amazing. And you, uh, your presence is absolutely, like, lights out when you walk into a room and when you talk to people, when you're with a group, you do such a phenomenal job of making it feel like you're talking directly to an individual in a packed room of people. And not many people can do that. And that... You know, sharing this tells a lot,
1: yeah,
0: um, but you want to know something? what What's amazing is is that a lot of people would have taken those experiences and not made them into a positive outcome for their life. They wouldn't start to realize that they have to value their time. I think um, I think I might have done it with the talk in Wisconsin, where I talk about it doesn't matter who you are. it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't every single human has the exact same thing. Every single week, and that's 168, 168 hours, and that's your time.
1: That's it.
0: And that's all you got, and we all got the same number of hours. We can't find more, and I, I know I'm, I'm awful at it. I, I know that I am a, a major work in progress. I mean, one of my biggest drivers is trying to drive down my daily screen time on my phone, and I, I told somebody the other day, I said, I don't, I don't like to admit this, but there was a time that I had over 13 hours a day in screen time, of my day collectively was, was screen time. And I've cut that down by, by almost half. Um, but I want to cut that down even more, um, because that time is valuable and because we do get into this, I'm in, I'm so rushed with everything that I do. And now that we have chance and Danny's being, you know, is 12 and going through that and getting ready for the teenager years. Oh my God. Um, and all the animals and all the travel and everything. And, you go. Where did the time go? Like it's December, right? Yeah. We're we're 20 days from from uh, uh, Christmas.
2: And at the same time, you're moving heaven and earth this week. For why? Why are you moving moving heaven and earth this oh, week? Oh, I'm
0: moving heaven and earth to get the job done, to get all of my stuff in order, so that I can get some time with my family from the from. Basically, you know, the halfway point of the month through the new year, and um, and, and get to a chance for as oh, well for the, my my Alaska trip. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> I thought we were talking about no. the total over. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to Alaska. Yes, I uh, I committed to a speaking engagement in Alaska, which for those of you that don't know how far Alaska is from Boston, it's about six thousand miles of flying uh, each way. Um, so I'm going up there for thirty hours because. Um, the date that I committed to do it is the day before Chance's birthday, and I and I need to make sure that I, I get home for that um, for, for good old number two. So, um, yeah. It, and you it, don't regret it, it, it. it. No, I wouldn't change it for, no. No, no I wouldn't change it. You know, Danny's, Danny's 12, and um, I had to make a very, very difficult decision. Um, I think it was his third or fourth birthday. Um, our, our dude university, I was in sales originally at, at at Dude Solutions, and um, a very large percentage of my yearly business came in four days at this Dude University, yeah. and so um, I had to be there. And it happened to fall on Danny's birthday, and um, it was the hardest thing. I think it was the first time that I actually cried yeah. in front of uh, in front of Amy. I've known her since you know we're teenagers, and um, and the first time I cried to Danny. And, and I'll, I won't forget it. Amy picked me up at the airport. She used to drive me to and from the airport. And um, so she picked me up, and she just looks at me, and she says, you got to tell him. I'm like, I don't want to tell him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: want to tell him that. And so Danny's sitting in the back seat, and I turn around, and I said, hey, buddy, um, Papa's got to tell you something because he calls me Papa. And, uh, I said, uh, I, 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 and I started to choke up, and I said, I'm not going to be home for your birthday. And I started to come up with a reason. And you want to know something? There wasn't one. Mm. There, there wasn't a reason. And the only saving grace I had was before I could make up some cockamamie excuse. Because you got a reason or an excuse. And most of the time, all we got is excuses. Right. So before I could come up with a cockamamie excuse, Danny goes, It's cool, Papa. And I was like, Whoa, wait a second. And I, I, I kind of just froze. And he goes, You must have something really important to do. And work hard so you can make money to take us to Disney World
1: perfect and I
0: said man Nothing bad. we started a we started a salesperson early with yeah. this guy and I said you are exactly right and uh, and we went th- we've gone to Disney World a number of times but I've missed one birthday and um, and, I, and I'm I can't miss another one um, for it uh, I missed Amy's birthday we did a birthday weekend this year Um and, and that was, that was a, I'll that's a tough more one.
2: Than Disney World, didn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm still,
0: so, i to be paying for that for a while. I'm, I'm reminded of it. We had a nice weekend. You know, I, you know. You try to, you try to sell the idea. I mean, kids are harder um, than adults for, for understanding. And her birthday was on, on a Monday. And I said, well, we'll have a birthday weekend. And you know, what are you, you going to do on Monday? Yeah. Yeah, you know, but you know, it's still, it's not, it's not right. And it's hard. It is hard. It's so hard because I can't. I can't tally my time with, you know, I, you know, people say, well, can you cut down the time that you're on the road? And they say, as an inspirational speaker, you can't, because people aren't coming to your house and paying you people are paying you. So you go to their house Mm -hmm. and, uh, that makes it hard. So, you know, but, but, uh, you know, we try to, we try to do what we can do, uh, as best we can all the time. You're always
2: going to be a dreamer, a believer and a doer. Yeah. That's what makes it come together.
0: Absolutely. Um, well, I got to close out with with deal. something here. I know you got to go. Let's talk about the straws for a minute, okay? Because right, I just—I mean, I have to. I have to. So the straws. The, so here's the deal. There has been so much, and I'm—I'm—and and, and by the way, I'm a huge. I've become a huge fan of Jason Momoa. Amy's laughing at me. Aquaman, who I—I I tell the story. I'm, I saw him at Chicago Airport. Know nothing about him other than Aquaman. I wanted to get my picture taken with him so I could be cool to Danny, and couldn't figure it out. And, uh, you know, what to talk about or who he was other than Aquaman. I just think that's just corny. And found out that he is a huge advocate to reduce or remove single-use plastic bottles, water bottles. And I'm, I've just become a fan. So I've been, you know, following and commenting and trying to get to get to know him. And so this kind of goes with, this, with the straws because for the last couple of years, everybody talks about single-use plastic straws, what it's doing in the environment, da 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 I have yet to really find anybody that is doing something. I've seen some people here at the Embassy Suites in Scottsdale, they have paper straws, which is cool. But I haven't seen anybody really push the envelope on something reusable and all this stuff, and I came and saw you in June when you got this lime green bag <laughs> and you tell this story, and this is about branding, and this is about it personal really branding is. and about your branding, so tell the tell straw story. We'll close out with, a, with so, a good straw story.
2: So two and a half years ago, We all know that there's a large brand name out there that had announced they will no longer give plastic straws. And to me, that made so much sense, not because they they had the money or they didn't have the money, whatever it is. It was literally about what they were saying and doing. And so I decided that we should... Make a difference because we're cease purchasing and that's what i do i protect the state of wisconsin and when it comes to money and so i wanted to make the impact with our brand so that anytime anybody needed thought something they would have our name and so i found these stainless steel straws and we had our name and i told mitchell i said i want our name on the straw so then he had to go out and find how to get the straws engraved Mm -hmm. and so by the time we got it all done i have two ways to test anything and that's always My family and Mitchell. Mm -hmm. And so my sister hasn't used um, metal utensils since she was little. She says it hurts her mouth. So I send her one and she's like, it hurts my mouth. And I said, well, put the green tip on it and see what it does. And she was like, it's perfect. I can use it every day. She's so excited. And my mom said, why are you doing these? Because you drink out of moldy straws in all of your cups. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's okay, it'll be fine. And then they, I found it a little cleaner to go in it. Mm-hmm. So now I pass out these bags to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I don't even care if you're um, a school or a board member, whatever it is. The importance is, is that I'm doing two things. One, I'm putting my brand in front of you. Mm-hmm. And two, I'm giving somebody the chance to make a little bit of a difference. Mm-hmm. But when they go to Starbucks, because mm-hmm. that's who said it, now they're going to think about my business and, yep. and our business and what we can do. And so I give away straws, and if some if I give them to a man, I always say, "Do you have a wife?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I give him two because, and then I don't make their wife a thief. Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> and you know, and you have to think like that. Is yep. that you literally? Well, if you have a wife, then the given is this: is my wife's going to steal it? One man said to me, "I have three teenage daughters; they're going to fight over these." And I said, "Here you go. Yep. Here you go. Here's four more. I don't want you. I, you don't need the women in your life I'm mad at you." Yeah. And so my our brand is to always say we are going to manage up we're Mm -hmm. going to think of the answers before you have the questions Um, and so we do that through our straws um, the world's most amazing ink pen um, some of our swag and collateral that we do all year round Mm -hmm. Um, because branding is not just professional it's personal also Mm -hmm. i would never want to be the one that says We were the creators of plastic straws. Right. Right? I don't blame Starbucks for saying we're going to get rid of them because everybody, there's not a person in the world, literally. Um, Even in the smallest parts of Africa, my cousin Mm -hmm. had a green straw and one of the people from this small village said, Starbucks? Mm -hmm. And she was like, uh, yeah. So having that green plastic straw, I I wouldn't want it to be me. Mm -hmm. And so now... I'm the opposite end of that. I want everybody to know it was me that helped stop that thing. And when I say me, I say it's really us. That's the royal me, we. Um, Because it does take a village. It does take you remembering the straws. It does take Mitchell to be the most creative thing I've ever seen in my life. And Mm -hmm. it does take me being willing to talk about him Mm -hmm. and believe that as we put them out there, that's what's really gonna happen every time. Is that somebody's going to say, Craziest woman I ever met, and at the same time,
0: this is amazing. Yeah, and that's how I do it. Amazing, I love it. Good. Keep going with the straws. Every time I see, you, I grab at least one. Yep. I know. I, I want to. I find somebody. Uh, I actually gave a straw at a Starbucks. I took a couple in Wisconsin, and I, I'm a Starbucks guy. And there was uh, the person behind me, a pay it forward, if you will. I said, "Hey, check this straw out. This Don't is from yeah, yeah. So, so uh, your your straw campaign is gonna." Go like wildfire. Everybody's going to know Jane Ray, and yep. Mitchell, and Sisa, uh, and the straw people, uh, regardless if they're purchasing from, you know, the, the public K-12 world. So I got a lot. So I got a, I'm going to close out. But we, t- we touched on, I mean, I want to touch more on, your, on what you do mm-hmm. on your day job. Maybe we'll do a second podcast. But I'm going to give a r- quick rundown. You help support public K-12 schools to get the best possible pricing on things that they buy, regularly, irregularly, everything from a brand new roof to you talked about dry erase boards at a discount. So if people want, if people are in Wisconsin and they want to start to purchase through your contracts to save money and to have the best in industry products and solutions, how do they get a hold of you and Mitchell? Um,
2: they go to org, and that's a C-E-S-A, purchasing.org. And right on our brand new beautiful website that Mitchell created, it says start saving now. Mm-hmm. You click on it, you fill out the information, you get a letter back from me, that's an email back from me that tells you who we are and what we do, and you're in. And then from that moment on, you have both of us forever and ever to help you figure out ways to either take the money that you have and go further or find the money you don't have and get something done. Mm -hmm. And I have made a commitment to the educators and the nonprofits, the cities, the counties, um, of... Wisconsin that there's no I feel like that little man, no job too small. Yep. Because there's really no amount of money that is ever not worth spending on a school. Mm-hmm. And so CISA Purchasing will go play ball or go to the table, whatever it takes to mm-hmm. figure out how every child will get more. Mm-hmm. And then the other piece of that is is by us finding tools and services to save them money, my hope is every teacher Mm-hmm. You get to have 45 minutes back in a day. Yep. Think about 45 minutes in Josh Peach's life. Oh, yeah. And and how, if I could give you that with no, no wings on both sides of you in an airplane or mm-hmm. not in the back of a car, but just literally just 45 minutes to do something. Right. Your life is changing.
0: Huge. Yep. Changing
2: every day, 45 minutes. You're just like, I am so glad I got that robot mower and i'm a facility guy and now my grass is mowed and i can just kind of sit here and like chill for a minute right or i can go watch the you know the sixth graders play kickball Mm -hmm. when was the last time anybody got to watch sixth graders play kickball right so that's what we do and that's why we do it
0: awesome and i'll put your link on my site and how people can get a hold of you
2: thank you so much i appreciate i've asked
0: you to do this a number of times (laughs) i've been saying you know and 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 uh, i guess it was the drop a bomb was when you were comfortable to go ahead and do it but i really i i appreciate you i appreciate our friendship i think you are amazing i do too i think
2: that I, I think what you do is more amazing than anybody yeah. be awesome is going to change the world
0: well that's a, that's a that's a that's a that's a big belief i got i got to run right? after you're going yeah, to just, one, gonna just yep. have to hold be yep.
2: awesome in your hands yeah. and say you know what it's, you know, we don't need Kevin Bacon. We just need seven parts of Be Awesome. Yeah. Now, how did you know Be Awesome? Well, I met a guy who met yep. a girl who Be Awesome. Who has a t-shirt. Right. Yes. Well,
0: exactly. thank you. And thank you, Mitchell, thank for you. crowd control. Uh, we will have to do another another episode from the road. I want to keep up with how you're doing with everything. And, we'll find you. Uh, yeah. So, um, guys, this is going to wrap it up. I've got to catch a flight home. I'm going to spend a couple of days with the family. And then, like uh, Jane and I were talking about, I'm heading to Alaska. And... Um, you know this has been a, a an incredible journey through I'm gonna do a wrap-up of this year and um, I found out recently that a lot of people listen to me on Spotify and I'm not gonna ask you for reviews and offer free t-shirts anymore if you wanna do one that's great and I appreciate it and uh, it makes a difference if you don't that's okay too. just keep listening uh, I I've heard so many people tell me that they listen or they are following me on social um, but they're creeping and they don't wanna like and they don't wanna do anything and that's okay if you find it, it's a, it's it's important enough for you to take the time to listen or follow or do whatever. Uh, I don't pay attention to that stuff as much as I want to get the word out to more people. Uh, Mitchell's going to teach me about this boosting and advertising and stuff, and, and we're gonna we're gonna hopefully change we're probably gonna hopefully change some some people's mindsets and, right. and make a difference in the world uh, one person at a time. So remember, if you can be anything, be awesome and uh, have a great day.